have been talking about, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit this last while, but what we have been looking at is everything that the Holy Spirit does, okay? There's a lot of things that he does. Um, right back from we looked at how he draws the, the, the sinner to Jesus, how that you can't even make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life unless the Holy Ghost reveals who Jesus is. The Bible says no man calls Jesus Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And so that's, that's a work of God working in people's hearts. Um, and then, um, thank God, that when, when we do get saved, then the Holy Spirit seals us. We look then at the Holy Spirit as a comforter, and that word comforter in the Greek is paraclete, and it means a lot more than just comforter. I mean, he, he does a lot of things, and uh, not go into all of that this evening, or it'll take up all of our time. But you know what? He's, he is a comforter, but, he's, but he, he does a lot more than just comfort us, and thank God that he does. Um, and then we, we, we looked at, you know, that how that the Holy Spirit, he shows us things to come. Um, we looked at all of that. And then this, this last couple of weeks, I've been looking at how that the Holy Spirit, he administers the grace of God in our lives. And grace and peace, the Bible says, comes from the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. But, he, but the Holy Spirit administers it to us. In other words, when grace is taught, the Holy Spirit then is able to work. And the Holy Spirit works and moves in the arena of grace. And that's why I looked at several things. We First of all, we looked at salvation. And we've seen that how that the Holy Spirit in salvation, when, when we teach that you're saved by grace, that makes it available for everyone to come. And the Holy Spirit moves in that arena. When you teach the gospel, which is the grace of Christ, um, Galatians lets us know that in Acts chapter 20. Let's us know that, know that in other places as well. But the gospel is the good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. And it is the grace of Christ. When we teach salvation by works, no one gets saved and the Holy Spirit can't do anything. Because he's not moving in that arena. But it's amazing when we teach grace in a service. And we give people the unmerited favor of God. And tell people it doesn't matter how you come. You know what? You can come just as you are. It's all about what Jesus has done for you. And people realize that they are a sinner in need of a savior. And they, may, they call on the Lord. The Holy Spirit's moving in that arena. He's drawing the sinner. Amen. He's revealing Jesus. He's, he's, he's showing them their need of a savior. Praise God. Once they call on the name of the Lord, bang, they become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit moves in, seals their spirit. They become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All the work of the Holy Ghost. But when you teach works, the Holy Spirit has nothing to do. So it's important for us to teach the grace of God, not just for salvation, but just like we were sharing in, in, in that wonderful testimony there, there's grace for, for, for life. There's grace for everything that we need. Grace is always coming at us. It's God's goodness coming at us. So like, let me just put this scripture up here. Colossians 2 and verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, what does it say? So walk you in him. The same way you came is the same way you continue. How did we come? We came to Jesus needing him. And we received grace by faith. That's how we started. We started grace and faith. Grace supplies. Faith receives. That's the simple message. We complicate it when we get saved. 
We think then you go back to performance-based Christianity and you have to live out of your natural, like keep the flesh down and all of those kind of things. That's, that's not how we live our lives. Am I saying don't keep the flesh down? I'm saying you can't keep your flesh down on your own. You need the, you need the grace of God. And you need the Holy Spirit working in you. That's how he works in that arena. Um, Galatians sorry, um, 5 and verse 25. It's the same meaning here. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. It's the same thing. How you start, you continue. And that's what, ha- what happens with a lot of people. A lot of people get saved and then they, get, they end up stuck. They don't know what they would do from here. You know, hang on. Hang on to go to heaven. And their life becomes a hang on. You know, just waiting. You gritted teeth, endure, all of these kind of things. And it's like driving a car with no oil in it. You know, there's, there, everything's friction and, you know, it's, there's no flow to it. But I tell you, when you, when you um, stay being a receiver and you expose yourself to more, than what, or more of what God has for you, you end up availing off more. It's like I always love that testimony at Melvin Church about the, um, about the Range Rover and you know what and, and all of the gadgets that, that are in it but there's not many gadgets in it. If you don't know that they're there you can't avail of them even though you have the car. Even though if you have the car there's buttons that lower the car and all of these kind of things. You can have a, a, a car with all of those gadgets but if you don't know they're there you can't avail of them. Well, it's the same way. Once you're saved, you come into a relationship with God. There's grace for life and godliness. There's grace for everything. But if you don't know about it, you end up, um, when you're ignorant of it, ignorance stops you, hinders you from being able to avail of what it is God has for you. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hearing gives us more information when, when you find out more, you have faith for more. Amen. You can avail of more of what God has for you. Amen. And that's the way it is. You know, if you only know about salvation, you're like that believer, you know, that that's all they have. They don't know any more. You know, it's like people would have said over the years, you know, running around with just a helmet on. But the helmet of salvation is more than not. Amen. But, you know, it was that mindset of, you know, that's all you have. We know the helmet of salvation has to do with renewing the mind, um, praise God. But, but that mindset, you understand, where I'm just saved and that's it. I, I don't have anything else. And you know, the devil's just beating your brains out all of your life because of a lack of knowledge. But when you have knowledge, you can avail of more. Praise God. Um, so we looked at the uh, grace in the new birth. Last week we looked at, um, at, the, at the grace of God concerning the fruit of the Spirit. And we were saying last week that the fruit of the Spirit, um, you can see the fruit of the Spirit throughout the New Testament, but the fruit of the Spirit, that main taxes were in the book of Galatians. What's the book of Galatians all about? It's about grace. It's the strongest book in the New Testament on the grace of God. Paul's, Paul's masterpiece on grace is the book of Romans, where he really dissects it and, exp- uh, dissects it and explains it. The book of Galatians is, is Paul speaking in a real firm way of where he's taking no messing. You know, he's really basically saying you either live by your works or you live by the hearing of faith. That is it. It's very firm. But what he's showing in that is that we looked at it last week. Yes, God wants us to live a holy life. Yes, God wants us to have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. But it's only the Holy Spirit who can produce that through our spirit. 
So when you teach on performance-based Christianity, you, you, all you have is the flesh. That's all you have. And so you end up living a Christian life of willpower. And if you read the book of, um, if you read the book of Colossians, you will see this is how people get into living after the rudiments of the world. And the rudiments of the world is, is just basically saying um, it's, it's, it's law, but it comes in many ways. Do you know, every religion on this planet, apart from Christianity, is based on works. Okay? And then every, you look at all the self-help people, well, the, it's in the title, it's self-help. And the whole emphasis is on us. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do that, you do it. There's no leaning on the Holy Ghost. There's no help from the Holy Ghost. It's all, I'm going to get up in the morning. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. It's not until we get to the place of realizing in myself, I can't, but I, but I can do all things through Christ. That things actually change. Amen. Um, that's what Paul, that's what he traded in. We looked at that last week as well. But let me just look at this verse here. I think I have it up, Romans 8. Let me just see, Romans 8 here. Well, let me just, in verse 11, it's talking about how that the Holy Spirit, he dwells in us. It's showing us the Holy Spirit here. And then in verse 13, it says, but if we live after the flesh, you will die. But if, look at this here, through the Spirit. Notice that. Through the Spirit, you do mortify and mortify means to put to death the deeds of the body. And then you know we're not, we're not sticking knives in ourselves. We're not trying to kill our body. But this, the flesh works through this body. And I'm telling you, we all have a flesh. And if, if you don't know how to keep your flesh under, it'll destroy you. Because we all have one. It doesn't matter who you are. And here's the thing. No flesh is good. There's nobody that has good flesh. We all have flesh, okay? We all have the works of the flesh. The, the ability for it. You don't have to be living in it. Praise God. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is about. But we're all capable of doing things that will really disappoint us. How many, how many of you know what I'm talking about? The flesh is there. And only through walking in the Spirit can you deal with the flesh. It doesn't say put down the flesh and you're in the Spirit. It says walk in the Spirit. First, that's your starting point. You don't start here through willpower. I'm going to put my body down. I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. You're limited to your ability, your strength. And depending on how strong you are will determine how far you go, but you'll never be strong enough. Amen. The starting point is not I'm going to. The starting point is I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And we were looking at that, how you walk in the Spirit is, is when, the, when the Word and the Spirit come together, when you put the Word of God in you, the Holy Spirit starts to work that out through your life. And it comes out in the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, you can't walk in the Spirit apart from the Holy Ghost. Now, where does He move in when you teach grace? You see, if you teach law to people, if you teach self-help to people, what you're telling people is you can do it. I start from the place of, I can't, that's why I walk in the Spirit. When I walk in the Spirit, then there's an ability, a supply that comes from God to empower me, enable me, to help me in overcoming the flesh. And none of us are perfect in that arena, but I can guarantee you, when you walk in the Spirit, there's a consistency starts to come in your life. Things start falling off your life. You start, you start um, uh, living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will do a better job in your life than self-help or any self-help book. Much 
culture Christianity today is self-help. You hear, there's no you could preach the same message without even mention Jesus. And yet we need Jesus and we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's based on what He has done us receiving from that. You, you know, we have the Holy Ghost in us, a veil of Him. He, he can help you, like, with sleep. He can help you with overcoming depression. He can help you, you know, with, um, with in, uh, life business decisions. He can help you in everything. Why would we not avail of this genius that lives on the inside of us and we rely on ourselves and just start off with, I can do it, I'm going to put the body down. Let me tell you, Paul talked about he keeps his body down, but what did he say before that? He says that everything he did was by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. It was the grace of God empowering him. Paul learned how there's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. He learned how to draw from God. The strength then was there to put the body down. But if we start here, I'm going to put the body down. You're doing it yourself. If you start over here, I'm going to put the word in. I'm going to get strong through the word. I'm going to start allowing the Holy Ghost to work on me. I'm coming underneath his influence. Yes, then you step over here and you can put your body down. And you can say, body, you don't tell me what to do. I tell you what to do. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, Smith doesn't tell me what to do. I tell Smith what to do. But go and look at his lifestyle. He was a man who fed on the word morning, noon and night. He was a man of the word. That's what gave him the strength to do all of the things. Amen. And Colossians as well. And I'm not going to go through all of this here, but I just, I just want to um, just show you this here. Again, this is where it talks about as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Okay? And then, but it goes on to say, rooted and built up in him. You're rooted in Christ. You, what are you doing? You're drawn from Christ. Then if you look down, it lets you know that all of the, um, in the ver next verse, verse 18, 18, 19. And 19 there, where it talks about we hold to the head, we look to Jesus. He nourishes the body. Every, there's a, there's a, a supply, in other words. You're not living out of your own ability. We're looking to Him. We're drawn from Him. We're rooted in Him. And now He supplies your life. Do you see that? Um, just, just keep going. Uh, look, uh, sorry, just look down here where it talks about um, in verse 21. There. Look, this is where people get into touch not, taste not, handle not. That's, the, that's, that's legalism. That's just don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other. Paul's saying that's not how we live anymore. No, our nourishment comes from the head down into the body. There's a supply that en empowers us, enables us, not just rules of don't do this, don't do that. That just is a lifestyle of disaster, so it is. Nobody can keep it. And, you, and then we judge ourselves by ourselves. And one person says, I'm holy. And then another person comes in and says, I've even a holier standard. And you know what I mean? And now they, this person here thinks they're holy. This one here, he's super duper holy. He's condemning him. And it's not going then. Both of them are condemning anybody that's not doing what they say. So they set the standard for your life. If they say, don't read this here, then everybody's going, I read that book. Oh dear. You know, and, uh, instead of a land, you have the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. He sent the Holy Ghost to the church. He lives in us. When you walk with him, let me tell you, 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 will, you will start seeing your life change. And there's things you used to do, not because somebody condemned you not to do it. You said, you know what? I don't need that anymore. It doesn't feed my life the same. 
I used to enjoy those things, but not anymore. And you start to, be, you start to live underneath the influence of the Holy Ghost, not under condemnation. Amen. Now, look over to the next, the next verse. Look what it says here. If you be risen with Christ, again, this is saying the same thing. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're not looking to rules. You're not looking to don't do this, don't do that. Where are you looking? You're looking on to Jesus. Amen. Do you know, you can't finish your course looking anywhere apart from Jesus. Everything you need to finish is in him. Religion kills. The law kills, the Bible says. It kills. It can tell you what to do, but there's no life in it to actually give you the ability to do it. But I tell you, as new, believe, our new covenant believers, we can look at Jesus face to face in the word. You know, so people say, How do you, where do you see Jesus? I, we don't see him out here, but I tell you, he's alive. He is the word. And the Holy Spirit makes Jesus alive in you. And the word comes alive in you. See, when the word comes alive in you, that's the life that changes you on the inside out. You start living from the inside out. But as you behold him, not as don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. What a, I, I tell you, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And here's the thing, the Bible also tells us to the pure, all things are pure. There's a lot of people who do things with pure motives and, and they're not, their heart has no malice in it and things that they do. And yet someone else can be condemning them. I can remember, like my mom brought us up, you know, um, to understand the things of God and all the rest of it. And I can remember whenever we were younger, like, you know, I can remember our Stephen, he brought home um, SEDC album one time in primary seven, it was Highway to Hell or something like that. Like, I can remember my mom saying, ah! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it was smashed in bits, it wasn't in the house any longer anyway. But you know what, I can remember being at, um, it was, I think it was, it was either my mom's, um, 60th birthday party or my dad's 60th birthday party. I can't remember which one it was. And we were there and our Stephen had hired this band that he knew guys that worked with him and they were a great band that came. And I was at a party and I laughed and I was sitting there laughing on the inside because my mum was just up just having fun and everybody was, you know, it was like a wedding kind of atmosphere and everybody was dancing and all the rest of it. And I'm sitting with my, with my best mate and I says, look what my mum's up dancing. <laughs> it was SED <laughs> he was playing an ACDC song. Now, it wasn't Highway to Hell or something like that. But it was, a, it was an ACDC song. And, 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 um, and I looked around and I just bust out laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. Not because of the song or anything like that. I thought, there's my mom dancing. She hasn't got a clue what she is dancing to. You know, to the pure, all things are pure. She didn't. She, was, she wasn't thinking, you know what, I agree with one lyric that was there. She wouldn't know an ACDC song if it came up and slapped her in the face. You know what I mean? She wouldn't even know anything about any of those kind of things. And you know what? There's a lot of people do things with a pure heart. They don't even, they're not thinking about it. But you know, if, if Mr. or Mrs judgmental head comes and sees they'll condemn the life out and they don't see the heart God sees the heart only God sees the heart God sees the motive in the person and yet many times we can be I've, I've done it over the years whenever I would have been more Pharisee minded than Jesus minded at times in my Christian walk where I would have been condemning people and didn't know their motive but God sees the motive God sees the heart Amen the key to our Christian life is look at this here Seek those things which are above. Do you know as a believer, do you see if you look on to Jesus as a believer 
And if you seek those things that are above, if that's the passion of your heart, I'm telling you, you will watch that in that arena. That's what I've been talking about. The Holy Spirit works in that arena. The Holy Spirit will do more in your life than rules ever can. Because rules are lifeless. Many times people don't understand that. People just think you're, they hear, what they hear is, you know, if you, if you say you don't, you don't believe we're under the law anymore, they think we, be, we, be, we don't believe in morality. Or that we don't believe in holiness. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you come under grace, you are coming underneath the Holy Spirit working in you from the inside out. And I believe he can do a better job. I believe the fruit of the Spirit, as it says in Galatians, against such, there is no law. What that is basically saying is there's not a law on the planet that can better what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. You know what? I, I want to serve God. But nothing changed. Not on, based on somebody else's standard of how I'm meant to live, their standard, preaching their convictions of how I'm meant to live my life. You understand? Because many times people can preach out of their convictions and not preach out of the word. So you end up, uh, and, and people say, you know what, that's just in religion. I, I tell you, there's lots of people preach their convictions. Amen. I've learned how to trust the Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost can do a better job in all of our lives. Get in the Word. That's what I always tell people. Get in the Word. Get in the Word until the Word gets in you. Until it becomes a part of you. Until it gets in your heart. Get in the Word until it starts coming out of your mouth. The Word, you're like a sponge. If you squeeze it, what comes out is the Word. See, when the Word's in you to that degree and you're relying on the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, He starts working in you. He starts bringing answers up in you. He starts shifting you. He starts changing you. From the inside out. And I always like to say it's organic. Walking in the spirit is organic. It's a living experience. There's life in it. There's joy in it. Amen. There's refreshing in it. There's rest in it. Amen. It changes you. It doesn't mean that you don't work. As in you're working out things. It's working out in your life. When you get a revelation of something, you start implementing that into your life. Amen. You get a revelation of different things, you know. You get a revelation, you know, God has something for your life greater. It means that you're resting, you're trusting in Him. But out of that, you're working. You can be working like the cloppers. You understand? Out here. But it's in rest. You're not going to be productive if you don't work. Amen. If you don't put your hand to something. If you don't, you can't be productive. But where's the, where is the, the energy of that? Is the energy coming out of the flesh? Because the flesh will, can drive you. And it can drive you over the edge. But when it's done by leaning on the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Do you know, I, am, I was listening to a message there recently. It was a message that I'd done myself. I was just checking something out. I was listening to it. Just, um, I was looking for something on it. And it was from several years ago. And there was a, a, a guy in church down in Athlone. An Indian guy, lovely guy, and very, very smart fella. Works in, with computers and all of that kind of stuff. And he was, he was given testimony how that he was working morning, noon, and night. That's a, and did, he has to get appraisals, you know what I mean, to to go up into the higher levels. And he was working like the clappers. I mean, nonstop, 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 nonstop. 
And I was teaching at the time and just teaching on, do you know, that how that you, you, you can do this either, not to, it wasn't speaking to him, it was just speaking in general. You can live your life out of your own strength or you can learn to rely on God. You can let God be God in your life instead of you sitting on the throne and you can trust him. Well, he came back, he had to go back to India, he came back from India. This time whenever he was doing this thing, he did just the hours that he was expected of. He didn't, he didn't bust himself morning, noon, and night, but he worked hard, you understand? Those other hours that he would spend doing all of the other things, what he did was he came, time, he came home and prayed and spent time with God in the Word. He just got into God's presence, and he started loving it. He ended up getting the thing that he, he, he tried for years to get in his own strength and couldn't get it. He cut back on his own ability and effort. Not that he was lazy. He was still working hard, but he was drawn from God. He said, I'm not going to do that anymore in my own strength because it's stressing me out. It's not good for my health. It's not good for my relationship with my wife. You know, I'm, I'm just stressed all the time. So he, did, it, did it mean he was lazy? No, it meant he learned how to go forward leaning back. You understand? You lean on the Holy Ghost as you go forward. And he ended up getting the thing and he was, I think, I think when he was given the testimony, basically he was saying, was the penny dropped with him? That's, because sometimes when you hear rest, some people think sitting still. Rest is just relying on God. Rest is knowing that it's done. And I'm drawn from a finished work. I'm drawn from Him. He can do it better than me. Amen. He can open up doors for you that you tried to bust down for years and you couldn't get it down. But you know what? You just start leaning on Him and just stay in the Word and let your faith get built up. And I'm telling you, next thing, that door opens up that you tried to open for years. Amen. Not in your strength. By faith. Amen. Praise God. Look, look, look here. Um, if, if you then be risen with Christ, look at that. Seek those things which are above. I've heard people say over the years, you can be too heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Let me tell you, some people are too earthly minded that they're no heavenly good. You can be too super spiritual that you're no good to anybody. You're just a weirdo. I'm not interested in being weird. You know, if you can't, like as a believer, we should be able to take everything that we do and bring it back to the Word. You know what? I've been placing, you know, what was that? That was, a, that was a prophecy in drums. There's no such a thing as a prophecy in drums. Imagine giving the interpretation of that. But there is no such a thing as a prophecy coming forward in drums. You know, a prophecy in dance. Somebody coming up to you like this here, and that's a prophecy. Look, we're not meant to be weird. I want my kids to know that, yes, I walk with God and I'm spiritual or something. That's different. Spiritual means you live out of your spirit. You live out of that relationship with God, out through then your body. I, I endeavor to be spiritual. Not, not some of these spiritualists. Spiritual. Walking with God. God's a spirit. You're a spirit. Amen. You have the Holy Ghost living in you. Spiritual is, is not allowing this flesh to dictate to you what you can and can't do. You start living out of what, a God, what God says. That's being spiritual. Amen. But there's some people say, you know what? You can be so um, heavenly minded, your head's in the clouds, that you are no earthly good. 
You know, all you do is just talk scriptures. What good is that? A lot. There's life in them. Amen. Speak the word. That's where life comes from. So if you be risen with Christ, which we are, and the way this is, um, this is worded here in the, in the Greek language, it's basically saying if you be risen and you are. Amen. You are risen with Christ. So if you're a believer, you're risen with Christ in your spirit. Amen. So for all of us believers, what are we to do? We're to seek those things which are above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. That's the head of the church. So as a believer, you look to your head. You see the finished work. When you face something, you see he's already seated victorious over it. Then you see in Ephesians chapter 2 that he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. You live from that high position of knowing that that's your position in Christ. We live on this earth, but our position is seated with Christ. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 lets us know. Thank God for that. Amen. Sometimes people think as a Christian we're a worm. We're not a worm. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're royalty. Amen. We're, we're his children. Yes, we live in physical bodies. Yes, we know the limitations of our physical body and all of those kind of things. But I'm telling you, you are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Your body is not you. Your body is just your house you live in. When you die, your house goes into the ground. But you live on. Amen. And you just move locations. It's like going on holidays kind of a thing. You just go to a different location. But you don't, you don't stop existing because you leave the country here. Once you get in Belfast Airport, you, you stop existing because you got on a plane. No, you still exist. You're just going to a different place. When you die, you go to heaven, praise God, when you're a believer. Amen. And so you're seated. Uh, spiritually, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We live from that position looking on to Jesus, saying his victory is my, my victory. Amen. That's how we're to live. That's a, oh, praise God. Um, that's a, see, that's the difference between legalism and life. That's what Romans chapter 6 is, is saying. That's why we call the, the, the ministry here life source. Not some fancy name. I was going to call it newness of life. But I just didn't think anybody would get that. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a word that had been in me from us about 21 or 2, just newness of life. And always, I'll always call the ministry newness of life because we serve God out of life. It's a living experience. That's what Romans is saying in chapter 6. You know what? His death was our death. Amen. His cross was our cross. His death was our death. But praise God, His resurrection is our resurrection. You know, Jesus didn't need a day. He didn't need a day for Himself. He didn't need a day. He didn't need a death. We needed a death. He died our death. But some people stop at the cross. But praise God, His resurrection is our resurrection as well. That's why I say, you know, you, you, don't, you can either live as a rat, you know what I mean? Live with the, on the earth as a rat, or else you can live as an eagle. And when you, li when you look high, you, you see things completely different. If you live from an earthly mindset, you will be governed by everything that everybody else does. You'll complain, moan. You'll just see all the limitations like everything else. That's not living by faith. How do you live by faith? You seek those things which are above. It's not head in the clouds, weird, floating about. You know what? Uh, here's a prophecy for you. You know what? what you know what? So then, <laughs> have to give an interpretation like this as well. No, that is not a prophecy. Prophecy is utterance. 
Its utterance is not a dance. Prophetic painting, prophetic painting, this is a prophetic painting. I just don't buy into all of that stuff. Everybody else is worshipping and somebody's painting a picture. Uh, people can criticize or think I'm over the top and not uh, all I want. But you know what? I usually find when that's happening, uh, my eyes are off of what's happening because I'm watching the painting. I, wanna, I want to worship God when it's time for worship. Not painting by numbers. Amen. Some people don't like that, but you know what? Praise God. Show me prophetic painting in the Word of God. Amen. Or prophetic drum solo or prophetic... You can dance. There's dancing in the Spirit because when the Holy Ghost came upon, comes upon you, David danced. Amen. There's running. When the Holy Ghost came upon Elijah, he ran. But it wasn't a prophetic run. Then it says here, look at this here, verse 2. Set your affections. That's your mind. That word means your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. The Bible tells us not to look, take our life from an earthly standpoint, but from a heavenly standpoint. You know what that is really? It's getting down to who you are in Christ Jesus. Living out of who you are in Christ. Amen. For you are dead. You see, if you live out of life, you recognize that you already, that old man is already dead. You stop living out of, I am this. You stop saying, I am a bunch of different things. I am this, I am that, I am that, I am that. Dead. Amen. It's dead. The old man's dead. Do you know what you have left of the old man? The memory of it. That's all you have. Data. Old data that's been left there. That's what it is. And what are you doing now? Renewing the mind. How do you renew your mind? You get in the Word. You get a heavenly perspective. You start seeing yourself the way God sees you. You stop, you stop, you stop saying stuff like, you know, I've always had that habit. I'll die with that habit. Well, yeah, if you keep saying that there, you probably will. But if you set your mind on things above, after a while you realize, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why am I letting that wee thing control my life? Well, I'm, I should be dead to that. But you see that your spirit, your old man, it's, it's already dead and now you're alive. You're alive unto Christ. That's what Romans 6 was saying there, that we live out of newness of life. Jesus came to give us life. It's life. Living experience. That's what it's saying here. This is how you get this thing working in your life. How you get the word in you. When you get the word in you, instead of trying to, I'm going to do it, you... You start looking to the head. The head feeds the body. Amen. That's why when you look to the head, you see who you are in Christ. You see what Jesus has done for you. You see your victory. Amen. You see, you see it's already. Every, he's overcame everything. Amen. No matter what you're facing, you see he's already won it. And the life starts flowing. It starts flowing out of you, really. Flowing out of you. That life. You start living out of that newness of life. That is a far better way to live than just living out of touch not taste not, handle not. Amen? Because you can tell people, don't do this, and I, under I know that. Don't listen to this. Don't watch that. Don't wear that. Don't have that haircut. Don't put that top on. Don't, 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 until you say, stuff the whole lot is. I can't do it. Well, do you know what? When you do get to that place of realizing in life that you can't do it, 
That's a good place to be because now you can say, I can let God do it through me. And that's grace. Amen. For you are dead and your life, look at that, is hid with Christ in God. Learn to draw from that life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. Look in verse 5. I'm going to close um, with this this evening. Verse 5, look what it says here. Mortify, therefore, your members. Notice before it gets to putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you look to the head. The head ministers to you. Amen. You set your affections on things above. Amen. Just get full of God. Just get, you know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. What happens? He starts giving you the desires of your heart. What that means is he starts putting his desires in your heart. When you delight yourself in him, when you just, you just, you ask what it is, you just, and the decision there is, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord, but he starts to work. I'm going to put the word in, but the Holy Spirit starts to work. I'm going to look at the finished work of Jesus. He's already seated. Let me tell you, in that arena, the Holy Spirit starts to work. That is how you start to live the life of victory as a believer, because we live the life of victory by faith. We're not trying to do it. We look to what was done. Amen? We look to what was done and then we draw from it by the Spirit of God and by faith. Amen? But I love that there. Look at that. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon what? The earth. You know, you have to be able to draw from who you are in Christ, where you're seated. We are who we are in here as new creatures, but where you're seated, you're seated in heavenly places. You draw from that and notice it affects how you live on earth. Amen? Heaven always wants to affect earth. So we draw from that and then you can then deal with these things. Fornication, uncleanness, um, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence and... Um, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But what, what am I saying? I'm, I've been saying the Holy Spirit moves in the arena of grace. If you want to see things change in your life, don't just say, I'm going to stop doing these things. Start to draw from the Spirit of God. Amen. I tell you, let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Amen. He works in that arena, in the arena of grace. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We will take up the, <laughs> the next part next week, which I thought I was doing tonight. Amen.